All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It only... You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. What's going on, Canucks fans? Back here for another episode of the Canucks Conversation Live. Catch us on YouTube Monday to Fridays, 1 o'clock. 
normally David Quadrelli in studio, but he's lost his voice from screaming so much yesterday. Just kidding. Our typical Friday guys back here, Harmon Dial, who are brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. And I got to say, those Zephyr Epic folks, they're getting a, a full scoop of favor tomorrow, you could say. I'm rolling into uh, Zephyr Epic tomorrow, 2 o'clock. If you're in the Surrey area, come by. I'm opening up a box of uh, hockey cards with them. They're oh, going to yeah. film some content. Uh, I'm going to be there from like 2 to three two to four depending if anybody comes i'll stay uh but two o'clock come up to zephyr epic down there in surrey uh gonna film some content for them and uh yeah just uh, it's gonna be a good overall time and then the other cool things Zephyr epic's doing you and i will get to do this off the top of the show every friday they're gonna give us a few boxes of cards so we'll open up some, oh, some stuff uh, you know like maybe every every show or whatever we do a couple packs see if we can get some polls yeah so i'm excited for that before we get to harman dial who's brought to you by the great folks at zephyr epic so i gotta let you open some of those cards uh we do want to mention Brought to you by the great folks at Montana's and their daily deals, their comfort menu. So much going on at Montana's. Monday is half price wings. Tuesday, you can go get that taco for $5. The thing's massive. Uh, Frank Sarah Valley says you can eat two. I'm still waiting for the day when I can see it. All you can eat ribs on Wednesday. One of our friends in the chat said that somebody ate 13 full racks of ribs. 13 on the Wednesday, all you can eat. It's wild. But I do want to bring something up with you, Harmon Montana's, as I'm joined by Harmon Dow here from The Athletic. Excited to get you back here on a Friday, Harm. We've we've calmed down. Yesterday's show was a little tense. I've calmed down. Quads isn't here. He was not calm either. But I want to pull this up here because I need you to give me your answer. Not not that one. The I've seen one. that graphic before. You so, told me this is a new and I know that one. I know that you're a picky eater. Okay, a picky eater on the show. And something that I thought I'd bring up was the Montana's kids menu to see which one you would go with. Apps. Not and not because you're young. This like I was going to do this to Quads. And I said, you know what? Instead, because you're a picky eater, I wanted to see which way. Because I was thinking, I was like, this is this is your ballpark right yeah. here for the food that you would get out to eat. So which one pops off from the Montana's kids menu arm? This is a tough one. I'd say, I'd say, got to be the classic chi- chicken fingers and fries. Chicken fingers and fries. Okay, you can Fair never enough. go wrong. Is there a difference between fingers and tenders? By the way, mm, I don't think so. I think it's just a name. I, I stand to be corrected. And the best thing about Going on YouTube is literally being corrected by people on things like. I don't this, know. So. I've heard. I've heard. Anytime I order chicken tenders and right. fries, they taste amazing. So the tender is a different part. Like when you cut the chicken breast, right? You got the big chicken breast, and yeah. then you have the tender. I know you cut the tender off, so maybe chicken fingers are just like a chicken breast cut into those sizes. I have no. And idea. And then the tender might just actually be the tender. So whatever it sure. is, I remember at uh, Young Stars mm. when uh, our pal Jonathan Wall hooked us oh. up there. Yeah, we had a lot of chicken fingers. Oh that my day. god, I what ordered two of them. Yeah, that was good. That was a great bulking day. season. It was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, so I, I was wondering if you might go with the ooey gooey grilled cheese though, or the Scooby Doo noodles. No, I'm not a big grilled cheese guy. Okay, I went out uh, when we were at uh, Abbotsford training camp or Abbotsford hosted Vancouver Canucks training camp. We were out there. You were with me. Yeah, and J Pat ordered a, a grilled cheese. A grown man ordered a grilled cheese out there for dinner. Wow, I don't remember. That was that. Wild. We were at uh, that little. I forget what it was. There was lights hanging down everywhere. And it was just like a, a brewery. But uh, I remember we all got charcuterie. Oh, I, I remember that place. J-Pack I don't know what, what it's called. Grilled cheese. I don't know if I'd get a grilled cheese going out for dinner. I feel I like you, that's either. the thing you can make at home and make pretty good at home. Yeah. Like, I don't care how good it's going to be at a restaurant. I'm not going to uh, get a grilled cheese. Hey, let's start with Kuzmenko. Let's dive into it, okay? Because we didn't get uh, a chance to hear from you yesterday, obviously. Uh, you know, Quads and I had a lot of thoughts on the situation i think the the overall thing that we talked about was and i think we actually even referenced your tweet was good contract 
bad timing for this team. Yeah. I'll kind of just open up the floor to you, your initial thoughts. I know you guys did a van cast last night, but you or yesterday, but you said it was like right after. Uh, didn't really get much time to kind of let it seep in and, and kind of really think about this contract here. Uh, for those who don't know, Andre Kuzmenko signed a two-year extension with the Vancouver Canucks. Average annual value of $5.5 million. It kicks in next season, obviously. He's making the ELC minimum right now uh, with the Vancouver Canucks on this season. But next year, he's going to be a guy making $5.5 million. Talked about it a little bit today when we got to a chance to chat with him. Your initial thoughts on this two-year deal for Andre Kuzmenko? Yeah, it was less expensive than I thought it'd be both on AAV and term. That's why I called it a good contract. Mm-hmm. But doesn't make sense for the timing of where this uh, where this team's at. I don't know what they're going to achieve within the next two years as a franchise, as a club, that would exceed the value that he could have netted for you at the trade deadline, I wrote about I wrote about this in my uh, article. There are only eight teams currently with two million dollars or more in cap space, and most of those teams are bottom feeders. Wow. So that means most cup contenders who are looking to add at the trade deadline are pressed right up against the salary cap. And you consider the unique proposition of Kuzmenko, the year that he's had, already twenty one goals, forty three points, forty seven games. Add on top of that that any team in the league could afford that salary and that he could give you an instant boost Mm. for teams that don't have the cap space to go after a Patrick Kane, a Vladimir Tarasenko, a Timo Meyer. Kuzmenko would have been the perfect fit. Not to mention, there are a lot of teams that are looking for top six help, especially on the wings right now, when you look all around the National Hockey League. So I think his trade value would have been strong. I think my expectation would have been that you, you can at least get a first-round pick. Just even after you consider the fact that he has a limited NHL sample size, we don't know what he's done in the playoffs yet, even with those ca- caveats, it's just his ELC makes him such a unique player to, to fit in that especially when you consider this Canucks team, they've drafted once right in the first first round the last three years. My colleague Scott Wheeler at The Athletic ranked the Canucks or ranked every NHL team's prospect pool. He's doing that right now in January. Canucks are 28th in the league. The only teams lower than them, Colorado, Boston, Tampa, Pittsburgh, and I think I think that's four, right? Yeah. Okay, there. All teams that have won the Cups since 2010 and have per, been perennial contenders year in, year out. So you look at how desperately this Canucks team needs to build for the future, you consider that once you move beyond Horvat and Chen, you don't have many trade chips unless you're going unless you're like really digging into the Hughes Demko sort of tier, which I don't know if this franchise will want to get into if they're considering a retool. I just felt that they needed to do that, especially because you also then open up that cap space that's what then we said allocate. yesterday. It, it could be if you spun this the right way, and you spend like you look at this, and you and you want to be as negative as possible. You could say like the Canucks just lost out on two first round picks. If they would have played their cards in the yeah. most correct way and just eaten some of it, you talked about how many contending teams are right up against the salary cap. Listen, contracts are going to expire at the end of this year on a lot of players, but there's still going to be a lot of teams who have a lot of bad money. This is the NHL. This is 2023, man. Like. The, the cap isn't going up that $10 million for next Team, season. Teams oftentimes have to pay a premium to get a third-party broker, even at past trade deadlines, mm. so that they can get extra retention. 
Right. If you're the Canucks, all that extra value is going directly into your pocket. Not to mention, again, you have a situation like I've consistently brought up this Montreal example where they traded Tyler Toffoli, they acquired a first-round pick from the Flames, then they used that cap space in the offseason, went back to the Calgary Flames, and said, okay, we'll take on Monaghan's contract for one year at $6 million, give us another first-round pick. Now Monaghan's having a good season. He's going to be one of the most attractive secondary market pieces at the deadline. There's been so much talk. Pierre Lebrun has mentioned about, could the Avs go after Monaghan instead of Horvat because he'll be a lot cheaper to acquire. Mm. So now we'll get, they'll get another one or two assets. He's not going to get a first, another first-round pick. But from that one decision to trade to Foley, they got that return, and then they'll get a multitude of other assets. Because it was done correctly. Because that's it was thing. done correctly. And it's showing you that, like... Like it, that's the thing with Montreal, and we talked about it. Like, yeah, it, it, they flipped, they flipped to Foley for the picks. They end up also flipping some picks for Kirby Doc. Like, that's that's more of a retool than I that I think. Like, I, I yeah. even think when you're talking about a retool, this thought of players between 23 and 26, like that's not a retool. That's just being a good GM. Like finding yeah. players that haven't like that's the thing that we've heard from Rutherford. It's like, well, we're trying to find players that haven't had success on their ELCs. It's like, yeah, but it's like a supplementary so, tool. Yeah, and so are the Avalanche, so are the Bruins. These teams like are going out there and be like, oh, like he's at the end and they did they didn't want to sign their RFA player. Well, we would like to maybe give a shot to, you know, think of Duclair and how he's had such a bounce back and just players in that situation where it's like, I don't think that should be your process of a retool. Your retool should even be, you know, trade and not even trading picks necessarily, but getting to the point where you can get a Kirby doc, where you can go make that trade for that player. Who's going to be a huge piece of your team moving forward. We talked about Kanyemi last week. Like maybe that's the type of player you want to look for a retool. To me, that's more of like a retool. You shouldn't even in a retool, you shouldn't be like going above players that are over 24. Like anybody yeah. over 24, that shouldn't be in a retool. We've heard 26 and under be the number, but that's not what that is. When you're going for players, 25, 26 years older than that, you're trying to be competitive. Yeah. You're not retooling anything. You're you're doing the same thing that Patrick Alvin told us earlier in the year where they just want to build and build and build, and then two weeks later we hear, no, we're going to retool. But it's no, they're not taking a step back if you're going out and trying to get 25-year-old players and signing a guy like Kuzmenko. This is, it's not a retool move. And I made the joke yesterday on Twitter, like, they said they were going for 26 and under players, but Kuzmenko turns 27 next week, so they had to get this deal done yesterday because <laughs> he turns 27 next week and he wouldn't have fit with their plan. The other point which i think is really important is for a retool to work to turn things around quickly what are you going to need to do from this point on well you're going to have to replace bo horvat yep. meaning you need to find another top six centerman which that's as difficult as it is to find top pair right-handed defensemen yeah so you need to do that and then you need like three more top four defensemen because you have zero top 4d outside of quinn hughes legit on a good team top 4d Right, Ethan Bear, I like him as a player. On a good team, he's a five. Right, that's I like crack Carolina's Chan. lineup. Like Jalen Chatfield was playing over him. Yeah, I think it's that tough. was the stylistic difference sure, for sure. fitting. But but still, if you're that Bears, good, a, Bear, Bears a five on a good team. Yeah, I and I still you. agree that he should be part of, of of this team's future. Luke Shen, he's at best a five on a good team. Mm-hmm. He's a five six. Yeah. So now you have projected going into the offseason about nine million in space to address all of those needs to chip away at well, that we, we did this yesterday we calculated okay if you take 
like if you take Pearson and you take Pullman, you put them on LTI, and you're looking right now for next season, you're looking at about 14 roster spots filled with about $13 million of space. So we just, like what we were saying yesterday is, hey, you know how much you're paying Riley Stillman? You are about to start getting lower quality guys than Riley Stillman to play in your top four. You're about to start getting, we we joked about it yesterday, but like John Stevens coming up from the A, he's got a two-way deal. He can come up and play in the A. Like you're going to need guys that are making $800,000 well, just to fill your roster. It's, it's not it's not even necessarily that. What they're then going to have to do is go the buyout route and if they're even- unable to successfully trade Besser or Garland. So that immediately becomes a top priority mm-hmm. is we've got to find a way even more it was already important but now you have to find a way to rebuild Garland and Besser's value and figure out a way because otherwise you have way too much way too much capital tied up on um on the wings the other point i want to sort of debunk here which it sounds great in theory the notion that re-signing Kuzmenko helps you keep Pedersen long term I don't buy that at all. I really don't buy it. And, and I'm not what? saying this from a perspective of, oh, I think Pedersen's going to leave. I just think that put yourself in the situation. You're Elias Pedersen, franchise center. You're making a decision for your entire prime. Your next contract to maximize the value, probably going to be eight years. Mm-hmm. This is where you're setting your roots down. Th- these aren't just the best years of your career. These are the best years of your life in general. To be a star player in the NHL. So, this is a really big picture, long-term decision. A commitment of nearly a decade. Kuzmenko's extension has only one year of overlap with whatever next contract Pedersen signs. And that's the thing. We touched on this right before we went to air. If they do have a ton of success together, and say Kuzmenko... It hits 40 goals next year when he's got all... And this is like the high-end happens. Say he gets 40 goals and him and Pedersen are just great at 5-on-5 five five and Pedersen keeps finding him on the power play. You think the Canucks are going to be able to sign Elias Pedersen at, let's say, $11 million, just to throw a number yeah. out there, at $11 million on his next deal. Are they going to have another $9 million laying around to sign Kuzmenko after you potentially bought out OEL, bought out Connor Garland? Like, these type of things, like, it all... The plan, it's... This is what I think we were struggling with yesterday, and I'm trying. I want to keep calm and do this like in a intellectual way, and just talk my way through it calmly. But like, I don't see the because like the retool thing to me. Like, I I'm starting to really think that like if you are retooling, you shouldn't be getting play anybody over the age of 24. I know yeah. that's not what they said, and that's not what the general manager, or the president said. But even with that situation. These type of players just don't seem to add up, and this two-year deal, like it's great. I like it. I think a lot of teams are going to find if Kuzmenko has two more years of success from this date forward, has two more years of being very successful with the Vancouver Canucks. Somebody will probably would like to to make a trade for him at the at the deadline. But do I think it's more than it would have been this year? No chance. I don't think so. And and people will will I've seen this argument out there of like, yeah, but he hasn't proven it at the NHL for long enough. He doesn't have any. You know, Frank was on the show on Monday and he's like, yeah, but he hasn't done it at the NHL level. He hasn't had playoff success in the NHL. Sure, that's that's all not you know not ideal. You'd like to see a guy who dominates in the playoffs at the NHL level. But I'll tell you what, he does have a cap hit under a million dollars. So that you can actually make the trade instead of just being interested in that type of player. He's actually a guy that 
every team going into the playoffs right now, if they move a little tiny bit of money, not a lot, just a tiny bit of money, make that little space for a guy who's making that much money under a million dollars, anybody could have taken Kuzmenko on a deal. You won't see that in two years if you want to start to talk about at the end of this contract, we're not going to be able to sign this huge extension for him. We have to trade him. The value is not going to be the same. It might be team, a first-round pick. 12-team no-trade list as well. So a third of the league is, more than a third of the league is out of the equation right there. Yeah, and I think you might have said this yesterday with how agents are able to manipulate things. They can. It depends, It right? would be interesting. Like, if he doesn't, if, if Milstein doesn't want his client to go anywhere from Vancouver, with a 12-team no-trade list... You can make it pretty damn yeah, tough. You can. What did you say? How many teams have two million in cap space? You said eight or six teams. You said yeah, they're they're eight right now eight according to cap, cap friendly. So if you cut out twelve, like also, well, it it depends, right? Because you, as an agent in that situation, you got to talk to your client for sure and sort out what's your top priority. Because obviously, a lot of times when guys have no trade lists, they'll have the like worst teams in the league, right? In that equation, right? They don't want to go to Arizona, Columbus, whatever. But if you're a Vancouver. rental at the deadline, you uh, you you may be thinking, like, let's say in two years' time, you may, th- you may be thinking, these bottom feeders, like, what, t- what bottom feeder is going to trade for rental? So you may right. not have to include those teams on exactly. your list anyway. Mm-hmm. You might not, ha- like, you might go Arizona, nope. Uh, Philly, nope. They're not going to be interested. Columbus, nope. I don't even have to put these teams on my no-trade list. And then if I don't want to move, combine that with the put, teams that are capped out, not be able to move, make it, a move. Then yeah, you, you can start putting your contenders Holy on there if you, if you really don't want to be moved. Yeah. So the Canucks are giving up a lot of control. And I mean, it, I don't just want like it's tough because he's so wholesome and like we love rooting for him. We wish him the best. He's so like from our perspective, it's great, right? It's like another fun guy in the locker room to always talk yeah, to. It is going to brighten our day a lot over the yeah. next two years, right? He it does. also he is. It also is him. good from the perspective of. I think part of the win too is the organization's a dumpster fire right now. Right. At least this guy wanted to stay, mm-hmm. and at a reasonable rate. The idea that okay, he wants to be part of this process. That's that's a good thing, but. I would still rather have another first-round pick. Yeah, and I just think the combination of... And I don't know if I've gotten your thoughts on this, but I think the way you just said it there was like, listen, I, I think Kuzmenko would have got a first-round pick. I think so too, yeah. I think he would have got a first and more. And on top of that, you would have had this now flexibility that you have with a 5.5 if the Canucks weren't to say just... If they couldn't sign Kuzmenko, they'll go chase Horvat on the extension. Like, Let's just say they didn't do any of that. You have that 5.5 extra next year to really be flexible with. It just to me, cap space is absolutely well, you need king. It because I'll give you an example. When John Marino is suddenly available on the trade block, twenty-five-year-old mm. right shot D, top four, legit, can move the puck, play reliably in his own end, tall, lanky. When he's out on the trade block for a very reasonable price, right? And you don't have the cap space to go acquire him. What good is it? You can be interested all you want for going out and spending that cap space. Elsewhere, on a winger like Ilya Mikheyev, you don't have the room to get the deal done. And again, this isn't to just like, I'm not trying to totally dump on management. A big part of that problem of the lack of flexibility is that Jim Benning left them a mess. For sure. But it just means that you've got, you just got to be so careful with how you commit your dollars because you want to make sure you have the flexibility to when the future opportunities come up in the off season to acquire defenders because many of them don't come up 
But, but when the rare opportunity does present itself, you want to be able to actually pounce on it right away. Yeah. No, what I and just from some of the moves we've seen, like I, I tweeted this one out yesterday too, the Canucks could end up spending a total of over $100 million if JT Miller can't be a center and is a winger long-term, which, listen, we've seen him play both. He's better as a winger. We, we I think that's pretty clear. And if he has to be a winger on this team moving forward, the four big contracts that Patrick Alvin as the general manager, has signed are all wingers that will total over $100 million. That's wild to say. It just runs contrary to the way the rest of the league is operating. But and right? it, but it's what you said about like cleaning up the mess before. It feels like what it what it feels like to me is like I remember when I was a kid, certain families had uh, plastic wrap over their couches. Oh yeah, it's like the Canucks came in and saw this dirty couch, and instead of cleaning it and putting the plastic wrap on, they just threw the plastic wrap over the dirty couch. So it still yeah. is like a dirty situation here because they're not taking steps to clean things up. They're just like, oh, no, but now it's, like, clean-ish. Like, the, the plastic's yeah. over. Like, you can't see the blood stain here and the dog that crapped <laughs> in the corner and the piss there. Like, it, it's, to me, it's just they aren't doing enough to clean up the mess. But when you sign JT Miller, when you lose the flexibility with this money with Andre Kuzmenko, it just, it feels like there's not enough actually being done to the problems that they address to us. In the first media availability that we had with this new management group was, like, it's going to be hard work. They said it. I, I, I just, I don't think I've seen enough hard work and tough decisions when it just feels like a lot of this stuff is, and I think I've heard this sentiment from a lot of Canucks fans, people online, everywhere around, people that you talk to on the street, us in the media, we've, we've talked about this with a lot of different folks. It just, you're starting to see shades of the bending regime with a lot of these decisions. The JT Miller was the big one. That, that. I saw somebody in the chat just mentioning that, uh, you know, buyout Miller. Like, it's it's great. Like, we're at that. Like, there's – it just – it's giving me worry. 50 shades of Benny. Yeah, <laughs> 50 shades of Jim. It's just – I mean, I, I said it on the show yesterday, and I'll, I'll say it again. Like, I, I really just hope that everything that we talk about on this show or we write about at the Athletic or Canucks Army, I really hope, like – I really hope we're just we're just idiots and we're so wrong. I, but I, I don't I know. Hope. Like I, I, we said, like how much more fun would it be if for everybody, everybody in the? Ch- I'd love to come in here on the chat and talk about how cool, like how the defense is moving the puck well, how there's some prospects in the system to be excited about. You know, instead I have to come in here and tell you like Jacob Truscott might be signing at the end of the year. He looks like Woo-hoo. an a- he looks like an AHLer. Like I. I, it, there, there could be a road where they can actually go down that way, and it's just I'm trying to stay calm with it. It's just I really hope that we are One stupid thing. and wrong because these guys are in a position that they can't be stupid and wrong. They're general managers and presidents, and and like they they have to be right, man, with a lot of decisions. You they know, make. two steps for management to rebuild their confidence within the fan base. You know how they can win over all Canucks fans again? More Kuzmenko content? That helps. <laughs> Step one, get a massive haul for Horvat, which isn't going to be easy okay. because there are complications around the extension or whatever. And then second, find a way to get rid of the Miller contract before the no trade kicks in. Wow. If you can do that, then... Then I think we'll see a lot of people, including us, instead of preemptively dumping on how challenging this is going to be, then we're going, all right, retool is still going to be difficult, Sure, but I'm willing to buy that you're not totally out of lunch and with I think this. That it makes it hard because 
like we've seen the way this team has operated for years. This organization has operated for years. If you were just put on this planet today and told you're a Canucks fan, follow this team, and you like tuned into the show yesterday and you and you heard how mad we were about this player that everybody loves, you'd be like, "What's wrong with these guys? Like this this seems cool. This is great." Like, but it's like we've seen this how things play out when you don't take the steps that you just mentioned, the actual hard steps and the hard things to do to get to that point. It's because we've seen how things play out. So like. That's what makes it difficult for me to, to kind of like believe that the that they need to pull a rabbit out of the hat with exactly. this Horvat deal, man. They can they cannot like if they make a deal with a team like Boston, they cannot bring back someone like Brandon Carlo as the centerpiece of a package and go. This is it, guys. This is our mass ball. We got a right D. 25, 26 years old. Right. Like that's not that's not gonna win. That, that's not gonna get it done. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Pick up a, a stud blue chip pro Like, the bar's not even that high. Just a, a real stud blue chip prospect as part of a package. Mm. Don't you don't need a guy that's NHL ready right now? No, I, I said this yesterday. I'd love to hear your thought. Like what I said on the show yesterday was, Canucks fans unfortunately are never going to know what it's like to be in a position where they have a prospect that's desirable to other teams. Like think about Scott Morrow, like the right D out of Carolina yeah. that everyone wants. Uh, Drew Hellison was traded last um, last or last trade deadline from the Colorado Avalanche. Brock Justin Barrison, yeah, or Justin Barron. Justin Barron. Um, like I said, Brock Faber, who was just traded for Kevin Fiala. Those are all defense prospects, right? D defense prospects who, how many games in the NHL have they played at the time that Drew Ellison was traded? None. How many games has Scotty Moore played? None. How many games has Brock Favor played? None. They're just right D prospects who were picked in the first 50 picks. There's so much value in that because of the position. And like they haven't touched the NHL, but the value that they have helps you get a Kevin Fiala helps you add massively to what your team can do. And Canucks fans, unfortunately, because I saw the argument of like, yeah, but 
because Menko, if he gets you a late first, is that late first going to score 30 goals? No, he might. But, like, it's not about that. It's about how value is perceived in the NHL. And the Canucks have ostracized themselves from putting themselves into a situation of being able to add these high-value prospects with how the previous years have been handled. Obviously, that leads them up to this point of not having a good prospect pool. But they've also set themselves up now, like trading a second-round pick with Jason Dickinson to get rid of him. You just lost a potential Brock Faber right there, or a potential Scotty Morrow there. Who, like, who's the like the main piece I look at uh, from Carolina is like Nikos or Nikas? How do you say Nietzsche's? Nietzsche's. Oh, I'm not even close. He's like a main piece that people look at in trade. But the other name that gets mentioned, if you want to go the younger route, they're not going to give him Nietzsche's though. Exactly. Like they won't. So who are you getting? Scotty Morrow probably. Like the right yeah. D prospect. The Canucks couldn't be involved if they were on the other side. Say they were really good next year. What are they going to trade? LeCare Mackey to get better? Like if they're a team that's, for some reason, the Canucks are just the best team in the Pacific at the deadline. What do they What do they have to move to a team to add? They, they wouldn't have anything. Well, that's where the logic of... LeCare Mackey was in a game where they won 7 nothing to Daniel Spensky. He had one secondary assist. He was on the top line. Like, Yeah. It's, well, it's also why the idea that you, like, oh... A late first, not going to turn into a player like Kuzmenko. I mean, yeah, but w- like when the Canucks are a winning team, like which I, I don't know when that's going to be, but it's not going to be during Kuzmenko's prime. It's just it's just like the same conversation we had with uh, with JT Miller when everybody like not everybody but a large segment of the fan base was down with re-signing him mm. was saying like oh whatever pieces you get back in the Miller trade. You're not going to find another 99 point guy. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, you're probably right, but it doesn't matter when you're opening up all that cat flexibility and when that 99 point player isn't going to help you win in the playoffs anyway, because your team is not in a position to take advantage of that player. I want to bring uh, our producer, who I didn't mention in, by the way. Alex Lard is going to hop in. I forgot to mention our, uh, our producer, Alex, does an incredible job. He was, uh, we're on time. Thank you, Alex, for that. But, Alex, if you want to hop in here, Alex is a Sens fan, who we've talked about in the past. I'm just curious, like, to what I want to know, because the Sens obviously went into a rebuild, added a lot of prospects. And listen, some of those prospects haven't worked out as much as you've hoped. But at least Alex... They drafted poorly, too, man. Alex, as a, as a Sens fan... Like, what was the the thought process when the team actually went into rebuild after being not good for a long time? When, when you know, when the Carlson trade happened, when you start to actually start to see players go away? Like, how on board was the Sens fan base at the time? Well, with the Carlson trade, not everyone, I would say, wasn't too on board with it. But after a while, you start getting excited about the young guys and and everyone feels a lot more optimistic and... And I would say that's what happened in Ottawa. The teardown, you know, it could be fun. But when you're trading away someone like Carlson, it mm. wasn't that much fun. Uh, you know, for you guys trading away some of your pieces, I would say it would be fun. And then to see what you would get back and how optimistic you could be about your future based on what you've gotten back. You know, that's a lot of fun, that part. Right. And then when it do- if it doesn't work out, then that's kind of where you're in with, like, the the Leafs in the last couple of years, you know, where they're kind of, you need to get over the hump and that's really hard, but that's fun. Like you were saying earlier, that's what you want to be talking about. You want to be talking about who's playing, you know, the left wing on your fourth line. 
and is that key penalty killer. Yeah. Players that, because that's the other thing that, and we'll transition here to the talk at talk a little bit, because I think this is something that we're going to find out. But that's kind of what I wanted to hear was like players that, like like Alex mentioned, they're guys that you see on the fourth line that are making an impact. I think that's something we're going to see over the rest of the season. Does Dakota Joshua really impress this coach that he's going to be a guy that you want to see around for a little bit? Curtis Lazar is locked up for three years at $1 million per. How much is he going to be an every night guy in this lineup? I'm curious to see, because we've heard talk it, uh, we heard him in the pre, uh, post game against the Seattle crack and he called the team soft, right? He talked about all the holes Speechless. that need to be fixed on this team. You saw the the tweet from Jason Bruff, like game two, like just not even knowing what to say and, and talking about consistency. And it's like, it's something we've seen this whole time. What do you expect talk it to change with? And, and he talked about some things today that I found were pretty interesting was like, Changing the process and the culture and everything, everything in the organization. He talked about management. He talked about the players. Like he's kind of that guy to me that is the, you know, the, the piece that moves management down to delivering a message to the players in the right way. And that's this makes sense because he's that guy, right? He's the coach and he's their guy from Pittsburgh. So he is the right guy to get the Pittsburgh message across to these players. Who do you, like? How do you see him doing a good job? this season like if you look if say we fast forward to the end of the year and like a legitimate possibility like listen (laughs) they win every game they get in the playoffs that'd be awesome that'd be cool that'd be fun whatever but what's actually one legitimate thing that you hope he can accomplish by the end of the year with rick talkett yeah it's a good question it's hard to nail it down to one thing i'd say actually now that i think about it it isn't there's one thing he can do I mean, he has a, he needs to do a lot more than just one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you can find a way to make JT Miller viable as a legit top six center, mm. get him back to the point where he's competent there, where he isn't a defensive liability, where he's still driving 70, 75 points at that pace, you get the five on five offense back, That's that would be huge for this team. Right. Because then all of a sudden, there's your in-house replacement for Bo. There's a, a huge weight off your shoulders. Because again, trying to find top six centers is like trying to find top pair defensemen. Good luck if you don't draft to develop them yourself. It's yeah. difficult. It's not easy. So that would be monumental. If you can create this culture of accountability, clean up these moments where you get the bad back check, fix the puck management, clean that up, get him back going to where he's a 70, 75 point guy even. I don't need him to be a 99, whatever he was last season. But if you can get JT Miller to be 80 to 90% of what he was last season, that would be a huge win for Talkett. And I think that's a big reason why he was brought in was because he's proven that he's had this relationship in the past with complicated personalities like Phil Kessel in the past. Mm. There are a lot of large personalities and egos to manage in Pittsburgh with the forwards and talk. It was responsible for a lot of that. Let's see how he manages with that. Because I think this idea of getting the team to play with more structure, like better, better defensive habits. That's not so much X's and O's as it is mindset and philosophy. Because I've long held a theory that there aren't huge differences in the systems that teams em- employ. Okay, there are yeah. there are tweaks. There's difference in the sense of okay, 
how much freedom and creativity do you want guys to have at the offensive blue line to make plays versus dump and chase and you want to just cut turnovers? Yeah. How much pressure do you want to apply on the other team? How much do you want to chase the puck to force turnovers? Where do you want win your the puck main back? shooting area to be from? Like, you, There's a very yeah, different like, look from you, the Carolina you, Hurricanes exactly. to the Colorado you, Avalanche. Yeah, do you prioritize shot volume or shot quality? There are these stylistic choices, but by and large... In the defensive zone, for example, there's a huge difference in like, there's a massive difference in the X's and O's of how you're going to defend in your own end. It's more yeah, about like how how you prioritize and talk it. Like I asked this to talk it straight up, and he agreed that it's more mindset and philosophy. Mm-hmm. So outside of the Miller thing, then it's about can you get guys to buy in to actually enjoying playing the style of hockey because they tried this in Travis Green and. I don't think the players enjoyed it. I don't think they were fully bought in and it completely sapped any of their offensive creativity. So instilling that mindset while not completely killing the offensive creativity of the group, that's going to be one of the big tasks for talking as well. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that I would like to see by the end of the year is where the Canucks can go on a five game stretch where they go out and play like the same team for five games. I don't know if that's going to be a, like something they can accomplish this season. That's going to, there's a very there's just there's so much work to do whether it be the roster, whether it be well it kind of just feels like it's the roster to be honest. Like it feels like yeah. it's going to be the roster. It's, that's why I really think and we've talked about this so much in the show this year. It's more about the process than what you're actually seeing from the results. I think there was a, there was a comment in there as well. Uh, from Dominic said, Tockett was brought in to identify players to keep and build on the next seasons. He was not brought in to win or create structure. Kind of what you said. Like there, I agree there's going the to be more structure, th- more accountability under him, I think. The structure, like again, because it comes down to accountability and, and sort of creating a different culture, that's part of the long-term process. Wins and losses, I agree, they don't matter. That's not what management's going to be grading Tockett on. And I also agree with uh, what the commenter said that a big part of that is okay. You're saying you want to play this more structured style, want to play with more discipline, want to play this particular style where you're playing responsible hockey. That part of that is seeing, okay, who buys in? And then based off who buys in, seeing, okay, who's part of the long-term solution? So I think we're actually on the same page where it's not necessarily about can we get our goals against way down over the, over the balance of the season. I'm not wor- necessarily worried a ton about that because it is still mostly just about the long-term process. Plus, we want to see this team tank and, yeah. and you know, the best case scenario would be, I think here's the best case scenario with Tockett. He comes in, Miller looks like, like himself again, Pedersen keeps producing, the young guys, Hoglander and Pod Colson come up at some point, you start seeing development signs from them, and despite that, they still find ways to lose and 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 keep uh, keep hold where they are in the standings and make sure that they don't ruin their draft stock. Yeah, because listen, when Bo Horvat goes, that's a massive loss to this team. That yes, they've been able to put up a ton of goals. Who's leading the way? It's Bo Horvat. Yeah. As much as you want to say, and as much as we say that you know Patterson is the heartbeat of this team offensively, he is. But Horvat is putting up a ton of goals for your team at this point in the season. And I know a lot of that comes from the stuff on the power play and the tips and stuff and the situation that he's put in. But you got to give the dude credit. He's done a lot of goal production on his own as well. Or, you know, scoring chance creation, whatever you want to call it. He's done a lot of this on its own. Uh, We'll wrap up the show with the start of it. Something is fishy. Okay. 
we talked about this, the Lane Peterson send down to the AHL minutes after they left the ice of him skating on the top line with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko. Found it interesting because we were thinking, okay, so you send the player down to the AHL. Let's say just let's say Vegas Golden Knights. They put in a, a, a waiver claim. I wouldn't expect Lane Peterson to be able to play tonight for the Vancouver Canucks as I am under the assumption he's sent down to the AHL. I've been proven incorrect. He can play for the Canucks tonight, which is wild, right? Like, am I the, am I the yeah. only one who thinks that's crazy that, like, a team could have a claim in right now for Lane Peterson? He could be in the Vancouver Canucks lineup still tonight. I'm like, I'm shocked. And it's it's happened before. I had to look it up. It was two years ago. Derek Ryan with the Calgary Flames was sent down in the morning, but played waved that in the morning? night. Was mean, waved in yeah. the morning. Yep, sorry. Waved in the morning. Played in the night. Went to the AHL the next day. And it's very possible that could be I something. Guess, but you brought up I guess Giuseppe, right? you got to explain well, this yeah. Giuseppe thing. That's really strange that I don't understand. So if they just needed a roster spot, right. they could have just sent Di Giuseppe down and he wouldn't have had to clear waivers because he hasn't spent 10 games or 30 days on the roster. So I don't know if it's just about a roster spot. But also, I think it might just be as simple as, okay, if he wants to... Like, before you can send a guy to the minors, he has to clear waivers first. Right. Right? It's like he clears waivers, and then you assign him to the minors. So he hasn't been assigned to Abbotsford yet, uh, in Peterson's case. I just wonder if it's as simple as the Canucks are going to have this long bye, and they're not going to play for a while. And maybe it's just a case of we want uh, Peterson to keep uh, Peterson to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Play some games in Abbotsford. Yeah, so they, Abbotsford, if you look at it... Timing's odd, but... Abbotsford will end up playing on Wednesday, February 1st, Friday, February 3rd, and Saturday, February 4th, before they go on their AHL All-Star break all the way up until the 10th. So you could get Peterson in for some games. They also have a game this Saturday, tomorrow, down in Tucson. I don't think he's playing tomorrow in Tucson, as I just saw him skating on the first line. They play on Sunday in Tucson as well. It's just it's a weird situation. Then on top of it, we are told that we are going to speak with Patrick Alvin. Let Let me get this correct, because I did reread the email a time to speak with Patrick Alvin was to be determined in the morning. So they said that in the morning they would decide of a time to talk to Patrick Alvin. They've decided to do it post game. So we're going to hear from the general manager after the game today, 10 PM Friday night presser. Let's go. It's, you know how we joke and we're like, the Canucks always do this Friday. (laughs) Normally it's Friday, five o'clock on a long weekend. They drop news. They're waiting until that last second possible. On Friday. They're hoping everybody's out on a Friday night. But here's the other thing, and this frustrated a lot of people in the media today, was they are doing this at the exact same time where they're opening the room. So you have to pick and choose. Are you going in to talk to the player post game, or are you going to talk to Patrick Alvin? Difficult spot to be put in. Uh, true. But, I mean, I mean, it's a game against Columbus. Sure. Like, yeah, that's we, the thing. Like, Nobody's – well, that's the thing. Like I, The players are getting a, a day off, deal. it feels like, for, for media. Like We talked to them today. It's just – I want, and I, here's the other thing. Okay. If, if they're talking, if we're talking to Patrick Alvin today, right? Which I thought we were going to do in the morning. What are we talking to him about? We're talking to him about Andre Kuzmenko signing an yep. extension. Why do we have to do it in the post game? Like, I I, I'm fine with it. I'm going to be down yeah. at the rink anyways. I'm going to yeah. go talk to him anyway. I just, I'd find it fishy. Or like, I, I think it's fishy that, that the fact that we have to wait till post game, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of hours until that uh, 10 yeah, o'clock. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if we get to tonight's game, 
warm-up skate goes on there and you don't see Bo Horvat, it's going to be an absolute firestorm online. I'm just saying. And that's the other thing is, like, we talked about this before, too, was, like, you, you probably should be sitting Horvat here pretty soon with all the stuff going on yeah. around him. Like, I, I know there was an argument on Donnie and Dolly today, and Dolly Wall's going off, but you pro- I, like, well, seeing him thing. almost get hurt there in Seattle, it looked like, too, like... Here's the thing with very risky, man. I because I saw the same Donnie and Dolly clip. I understand Dolly's point that you're, yeah, like who sits a guy five weeks out from the trade deadline. But I think this game is unique because once you're through this, you've got seven to ten days, ten days off, right? Where you could plausibly get a deal done. Yeah, just for clarification with people, though, because like a lot of people are like, oh, the roster freeze that happens during Christmas. There's no roster freeze in the All Star. It's just kind of. It's a little like frowned upon. I don't want to say like it's not. Uh, you don't see a lot of moves done in the yeah. All Star break. It's more of a corporate. Let's show our sponsors how cool it is. But like I don't know. To me, like it's fair game for the Canucks. They can make a trade. It's a it's All-Star. a long window. Yeah. So for me, I just don't see the upside of playing him against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, even if there is only like a five, like okay, five's really high. Uh, even if there's like a half a percent chance that he gets hurt. I mean, like he that's whatever return you get from Horvat is it is a huge part of the future of this uh, of this franchise of the rest of this uh decade. I wouldn't risk it if you think there's a chance you, there's any uh, any potential deal that you could get done before the Canucks play the next game. And look, if you're on the other side of the All-Star break and you don't have a deal done and you're still what like 4 weeks out on uh, on from the trade deadline, I'm not saying you sit him for like, four weeks. For four weeks, right? <laughs> like I'm just saying, maybe sit him for this game. You see if you can get a deal done before you resume from the All Star break. Yep. And if you can't, then okay, fine. Like you keep maybe maybe playing for another couple weeks, and then close to the deadline, sit him again. I just don't see when you're like, really close. Like if when you're really close, like, if they're yeah. really close right now, like we've heard a lot of people. I know Frank's been saying it for a while. He thinks the deal's going to get done before the All Star break. So this would make sense that they're very close now if they're at that point. I think a team would like to get Bo Horvat in there right now, and we also saw Nyquist. Yes, exactly. Who's uh, supposed to be a rental? That's like from if Columbus, you want to get, get hurt. real uh, tinfoil hat. I thing. don't know, man. It's just Canuck luck. It's just Canuck luck. What man. I was thinking was like, oh. oh, so they need that roster spot. They also need a guy who might be able to play tonight. No. It's a deal with the Blackhawks, or I mean, I mean the Blue Jackets. <laughs> the Blue Jackets for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, I think we'll wrap things up there. Um, I feel like there was one more thing I wanted to mention. Anything else you want to mention? Before we get out of here, I do have the no. Betway. I know Alex is going to get in my ear in a second here. We got the Betway wrap up. Um, I do have our word of the day. I don't think anybody got it today in the chat. Pretty good. 69 people watching right now. Nobody missed it. Ostracize. Nobody got it or missed Nobody it? Nobody got it. Not, yeah, not one of the 69 <laughs> people missed it. Uh, no, it was. I uh, didn't catch it either. You said ostracize? Yeah. Was good. Uh, you mentioned that you, you shows me how much I pay attention. I saw the freaking word. And yeah, didn't pick it up. <laughs> no, you asked before. Like you, you said, you didn't notice last week when I did. Yeah, I just think I'm bad at paying attention to small details. I like to think that you just think too highly of me, and you think I just throw words like this. hundred percent. That's in my day to day. That is not true. Let's uh, let's get to our betway wrap up and uh, close out the weekend here. Uh, what do we got today? We got a Canucks game. Obviously, they're playing against the Blue Jackets. I got Kuzmenko, money man Andre Kuzmenko, just got paid. He's about to find the back of the net tonight. You got Kuzmenko or Johnny Goudreau to score a goal in tonight's game. Minus 167 over there on Betway, Betway, Betway. $10 bet will return you 16 on that one. I got the Blue Jackets winning tonight. 
Um, an over 6.5 total goals on the night between the two teams. And Elias Pettersson being a goal scorer tonight, plus 750. $10 bet, that'll return you 85 Um, I think we'll wrap it up there. I'm curious to see what happens over the next few hours here, if there's anything. Like, I'm hoping for something, man. I know Canucks fans are hoping for something. I especially am hoping for something. Um, Appreciate everybody in the chat again. We've had a lot, though. We've had a lot recently. Well, that's the other thing. But it's like, don't give us the tea. It's fine. We can wait. Yeah, but it's like (laughs) I'm I'm getting the tea without the, uh, the honey and the cream. I'm just getting basic tea here of all this. AHL sent down, reassigned. They just want Lane Pierce. Give me the sugar. Give me the sugar, man. I want that. I want the trades. Let's get it going here. Give us a, a week off here to to chat about it. I um, or hey, just give us give way, everyone a week off to forget about the Canucks. And speaking of a week off, we're off next week. You're off next week. Uh-huh, you don't yeah. have to be here on Friday. Let's we're only go. doing uh, we're going to be doing one show uh, on Wednesday. We're going to be joined by Scott Rintoul, who's got a series dropping uh, the West Coast Express podcast series. He was telling me about it. It is it's a long one. I don't want to. I don't know if he's, I don't want to spoil it, but I know it's a lot. It's multiple parts. It is a very long uh, podcast series. We're going to be joined by Scotty Rintoul. Everybody knows Scotty in Vancouver. Uh, so we're going to be joined by Scotty on Wednesday. He's going to chat with us. That's going to be our only show of the week next week. We're kind of taking the all-star break to, to take a week off and relax because there's been a lot going on in this team for a little while here. And, uh, and quads maybe needs a couple extra days off to uh, get his voice. He back. always needs a couple days off. Yeah, he always gets a couple <laughs> days off too. I wish. Um, but yeah, we'll continue the coverage. Check everything out on Canucks Army. I'll still be writing a ton over there. Uh, during the All Star break as well, I'll be dropping uh, my new updated top ten prospects list, which I'm excited about. Not going to tease it too much, but I will tell you this: Jonathan Lekaramaki is not number one on my list. You already anymore. teased it. All right, teased that's it right the biggest. Why would you tease that? Because that's a that's a tease. Yeah, that's Karimaki like the only like one. you got like three prospects that matter. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> the top ten prospects list. Is, uh, uh, next year it's going to be like a top two prospects yeah. list. We'll go down to top five here pretty uh, soon. We'll see what happens. Anyways, thanks everyone in the chat. It was a great week. Uh, we set some records this week for people tuning in on YouTube. That was great. Also, our average has just been incredible. Uh, the podcast numbers are going up. I've seen twenty five percent rise in the podcast numbers over the past week. So really good stuff. Appreciate everybody listening there, tuning in here on youtube if you're listening on the podcast come by the youtube we're here monday to friday except for next week from one o'clock to 145 uh every single day uh, and we can't wait to get back into the swing of things after a little bit of a hopefully slow week next week but make sure to follow on canucks army um alex great job producing again today alex lard give us some love in the chat i know they love alex uh in the chat we'll wrap it up there on that note for Harmon dial my name's chris Faber. thank you for tuning in to another episode of the canucks conversation Wrap it up. Long weekend. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.